Hey, how are you? Welcome to the podcast. Uh, today we have a young, aspiring author who's already have no less than 17 books already in circulation. Uh, many of them are really amazing uh, science fiction and just far out fantasy tales. It's really cool. So today is Shanti Hershenson. Hershenson? Hershenson, I'm pretty sure. Um, we're excited to have you guys listen to her and hopefully you enjoy the conversation as much as we did. She has a lot of promise, a lot of potential for the future. She's going to be a great writer and maybe even on the news a lot with all the different books and things that she's writing. She might have some shows that you will uh, see in the future. All right. Well, enjoy the podcast and until the next one. See you later. Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. This is your host, Letter Z. And of course... What's up, guys? Demonic here. With us today. Uh, we have a very special guest. Somebody with a huge, immense... Uh, well, an immense amount of talent. Uh, Shanti Hershenson. Thank you for joining us hey. today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm glad that you're here with us. Uh, for those that may not know about you, uh, you are an incredible author for your age. Uh, would you want to say a few things about a little bit of your background maybe before we get into some of the questions to get our audience familiarized? So, of course. So first off, my name is Shante Hershenson. I think um, you might know that already. Um, and I'm 14 years old, but I'm also an author. Um, I've written 17 books, um, 10 of which have been published um, on various different sellers and in various different bookstores. And my 11th is actually coming out on June 30th. Um, as for background, I don't know when to say I started writing because I do not have a concrete answer for that because I have memories dating back to about first or second grade in which I would go and I would just make these little books. And they had plots. They were very bad. Um, the only notable thing about them is they had a lot of components of like real published books the sense that they had dedications and for some reason copyright pages and like they had an about the author page and on the back they had other books by the author and I would put all of my other books. So um, now come to think of it, it's not a surprise that I became an author at such a young age because a lot of people are um, extremely surprised. Um, I most am and not because if you actually look at how I acted as a child, um, yeah, it's not a surprise. <laughs> so what do you think was your biggest inspiration? Because it looks like it's something that you naturally like to do, but what, what really inspired you to start, you know, maybe writing or, or you know, building out this world? I think my biggest inspiration probably, it's like, I don't know because <laughs> it was so long ago. Um, but I used to go to a, go to the bookstore a lot with my parents and they would just take us and we'd just read and we would buy books. So I think in that way, it's kind of like I was always inspired because I just hung around the bookstore a lot and I saw all these authors and I saw their pictures in the window and it would be like author, book signing, and I would just really be inspired by these people. I thought authors were the coolest people and they are because I'm an author and I'm cool. So. <laughs> I like that. So for you then, I, I know that you have a collection of uh, both short st stories, full novels, and poetry. Like, really, your range is all over the place in, in a good way because you have such a variety of uh, writing styles. What's your favorite? My favorite is definitely my, um, like, science fiction novels. I've really tried to branch out from science fiction. It's a little hard. Um, the one I'm currently working on, which is technically number 17 now because it's long enough to be a full-length novel, it's not halfway, it's not even halfway done. So I got to 
make sure that one doesn't get too long. Um, I started writing that as this kind of fantasy novel that was going to be kind of, it was going to take place on Earth but have a lot of, like, kind of fancy, fantasy elements, and, like magical realism and stuff. And, uh, no, it's science fiction. Um, oh. I messed up on that one again. <laughs> that's, a, hey, that's, that's really cool. So, out of all the different things that could inspire somebody, with such a broad range of topics and ideas, what is where do you grab most of your inspiration? And, and is there an author that you idolize, or maybe not idolize, but that you really like and sympathize with the way that they write? So funny enough, and I say this like all the time, my like kind of the author I really want to write like, though I don't. My writing is um very strange, um or just average. I don't know. Um, the author I really like admire the writing style of is Lee Bardugo, who writes fantasy. And I have never actually succeeded in writing, like, an actual high fantasy. Um, the closest I got to actual, like, fantasy was with my um, paranormal novella series. I mean, I have them right here. Um, the Chronicles of Zyle Delane. And it's still more horror as opposed to fantasy. I mean, that works. Yeah. It's just, it's very strange. That's really cool. I think when you think about like uh, a lot of strange writings, you think of like H.P. Lovecraft, you think of like Frank Hubert's Dune, you think of all these um, like extraordinary authors that really sunk into their world. So they can, Stephen King, even with his collection of novels, has like a way, that, a thread that matches or gets them all together into one. Do, do you find yourself kind of getting lost in the world as you're building it as well? I do sometimes. Uh, my world building process is quite odd. I do it as I'm writing the book. And I let kind of the book and the character's experiences, like, develop the world. I got to say, the only book I've really been, like, kind of trapped in, like, I've loved it so much, was my first novel, Biome Lock. Um, The world of it is just a kind of dystopian, alien-controlled future of um, America. But it was the first thing I ever wrote, and there were so many characters. I mean, literally, Biome Lock has more characters than any other book I've ever written, I believe. Mm. And... Um, for context, I started writing it with the idea that it was going to be this kind of quick, um, 20,000 word novella that maybe if it was good enough, I'd research publishing just so I could get a printed copy of it. And I was wrong because Biomlock, um, ended up being, at least this is the first draft of it, was 800 pages long and like almost 250,000 words. And I just, I got lost in that world completely. And I was just kind of mesmerized by it because this is the first thing I'd ever done. Um, now, of course, Biome Lock is not that long. Actually, well, it still is. Um, I split it into three books, but this is the first book. The first book is out. Um, the other two aren't. And I actually um, wrote a sequel to it. Um, not a sequel. Like a fourth Biome Lock book um, over the summer. So Biome Lock is still going. I need to write another book. I just haven't yet because I'm so kind of just interested in all the other books I have. So you're 14 years old. You have 17 books under your name. All right. That is, to me, that's crazy. Right. Because most. In a good four, way. Yeah. In a, <laughs> no, really, in a really good way. Because um, to me, most 14 year olds are not, you know, they're mostly like either playing video games or I don't know what. Which 14, is nothing wrong with playing video games. Right. I don't know what 14 year olds do nowadays. Because like mostly you see young people now, like they get big like on twitch on youtube on tiktok basically on social media you know you went at it at a completely different route you know in my opinion you know you started writing books like like when you tell somebody that hi i'm 14 years old and i'm an author like how are their reactions like how do you how do you oh, take yeah. it also you know like because cool. yeah like it's just like to me it's like it's like mind-baffling that you have 17 books like under your name and you you're have 14. more books than you have years that's the crazy yeah that's that's, 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 that's so really cool. weird like 
And also, like, maybe, okay, I'll have you answer that one. But part two to that question would be, like, how long does it take you to write a book? Because 17 books and you're 14. Like, how does that happen? Yeah, a lot of emphasis on that. <laughs> Um, so first off, as for people's reactions, their first reaction is to kind of be shocked, but also to not believe me. Then they'll ask how long it is and they'll think it's a short story. So when I show them, for example, this, they'll be like, what? You didn't write that. Who helped you? So then once they find out like, yeah, I actually did write this myself. Um, they're usually stunned and then more so stunned to find out about the other books. It's definitely something that a lot of people um, don't believe right away. But, like, I can assure you, I wrote all of them myself. And then as for how long it takes, it depends. It depends on how much time I have. I got to say, um, during the school year, it takes about one to three months. The one I'm working on right now is taking, it's getting close to, like, two months now. And I'm about halfway done. However, I'm assuming I'm going to speed up, like, once the summer hits. I really want to actually finish this one before summer because I need, I just want to move on from it. It's annoying me now at this point. <laughs> and um, that one's significantly on the longer side. However, I have had books that have taken a lot quicker. Um, when I think of how long it takes me, I think of uh, my quickest time, which was for this book. Um, I finished the first draft of this book in 16 days. Uh, I know that sounds insane. Um, I wrote 4,000 to 5,000 words each day. And I honestly... I was going to say I didn't do anything else, but I did because I went to all of my classes. Um, this was over the summer, um, and I was doing free running classes, and I went to those. I went to the skate park, and I came home, and I would write 2,000 words in the morning and then 2,000 words in the evening and um, knocked out the first draft in 16 days. Um, wow. I've never had that happen again. So, However, there was another book. Um, I'm supposed to have it with me. Um, you won't know her name, but this is like a novel called poetry, so of course it was quicker, and I did the first draft in 10 days. Wow. However, it was, a, again, it was poetry, so it was um, quite easy. But those were still, like, my quickest time. It must have been hard to pay attention in class when you're still thinking of, like, the outline. You're thinking of all the things that you want to make changes to. Because I, 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 I ping you sort of like a little bit of a perfectionist, which is a good thing, because you want to make sure your story is enjoyed by everybody. So you're always thinking of all these different angles and all the different changes you wish you could have made, even after it's been published, I bet. Yeah, definitely. It's like during class, I have to say I am thinking about my books a lot. Um, there are some that I'll just be in class for, and then I'll suddenly think of, say, a plot twist or something, or I'll solve the big plot hole, or I'll realize there's something wrong with the book, and I'll start freaking out during class about it. Man. What, what is, um, I guess, what's the hardest part? Once you have it written down, I mean, it's like a stream of consciousness that's just flowing onto the pages, but then when you have to edit, uh, depending on the publisher, they'll probably want to go back and do several edits to it. Is, is there any hard parts where you really, they want to make like a character count or a certain number of chapters. They don't want to go above that. So you have to like edit information out that you really don't want to, but you have to save maybe for another story. How, how is that for you? Editing is pretty honestly difficult for me because I either under edit or I over edit. And then when I over edit, usually I have more problems. Um, for my books, there was only one book where I actually, um, mostly it was actually, it was on me. I, forced myself to have it, so it was two characters' perspectives, and when a certain scene happened, it had to be in this character's perspective. But I didn't plan on my chapters before, so there was no way to actually tell if it was going to work. And I started writing the book, and I was like, well, you know, that's still far away. I still have time to figure it out. And I started getting closer and closer to it, and I realized, like, oh, crap, this is not going to work. 
you're not going to get this chapter. And I had to kind of rearrange some things. However, I did end up getting it in that character's perspective. But for a bit, it looked like I was going to have to either write a bonus chapter, split a chapter later on, and kind of figure out how I was going to deal with that, or just, like, do it in the other character's perspective. And while it ended up working, that was very nerve-wracking. So talk to me about your... Like, how do you get inspired to write a book? Like, what is it that, like, are you just randomly, like, let's just say, for instance, you're in, you're in school, right? And let's just say that you start just daydreaming about, you know, some random thing, right? Is that how you get your inspiration, like, to write a different novel? Do you think about your books that you've already written in the past and kind of take a little bit from here, take a little bit from there? What is that, like, if you're going to write a brand new book with a brand new story, brand new plot twist, you know, all this and all that, what is it, how do you get inspired to do that? What, what goes through your mind and how do you, how do you basically, you know, put all that in paper or laptop, whatever you use? So it's very interesting um, because I don't honestly know. I get the ideas from very random things. Um, for instance, I cannot tell you where I got the idea for um, this book, The God's Right Hand. I feel like it just honestly kind of happened. It was like a what-if question I had, and then I was like, well, I should write it. Um, Never Dying, which is um, going to be my next release, I have a very specific answer for. And it's, there was um, a point of view like, TikTok. It was like a POV TikTok, and it was just really sad. It wasn't like one of the cringy ones. It was actually just like a writing prompt someone had, and I took it, and I made it sadder, and it was really basic, and then I kind of um, turned it into this weird sci-fi thing with people that are immortal. However, I didn't actually end up using any part of the prompt, so um, if I do, one of the characters is supposed to die, and I don't know if I'm going to do that to myself or not, and to my readers, because I do... I do kill off a lot of characters, but I, do, I would feel bad for my readers if I killed off, like, my favorite character, too. However, I have killed off my favorite character before. It still really hurt. <laughs> That's what I was going to say, guys. Sometimes you want that. Like, for instance, like, when we're watching a good TV show or whatever, like, on Netflix or whatever, and, like, you know it's the main character. They're not going to die. Okay, oh, my God, they're probably going to die. Oh, no, they died. You know, like, and then you get sad, but it's just how you draw people in, you know, because, like, you never want, like, the main character to die or, you know, and something bad that happens to the main character because it's the main character or it's one of the characters that you really like. But it, I I like how a lot of people do that because then it's just, like, it it doesn't make it expected, right? You know, so, like, it literally, like, just, like, the plot twist, you know, it, um, it makes the whole story, like, just different now, you know. Um, I guess another one of my questions would be to you is, like, I don't know if you remember or not, but... Can you walk us through your first deal on your first book? Like, how did that happen? Did like, how did you go find a uh, a publisher? Like, how was it that? Um, how, first of all, how old were you then when you wrote your first book and published your first book? And how did how did that feeling go? How did you experience all that? So funny enough, so I self publish now, but however, I did almost have a publishing deal when I was twelve, and I can kind of explain that because it almost went really badly, and it was almost like could have ended my writing career um was that so this was like the first kind of contact I'd had with a publisher and I, you're supposed to get an agent first so already I was very much kind of like just iffy about it and what happened was I filled out a form on a website and I got a call from this publisher randomly or they claimed to be a publisher and they were like if you pay us this amount of money we're going to publish your book and we're going to make it a bestseller. And me being 12 at first, I was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Yes, we have to do this. And this was when I was still writing Biolock and I'd written this children's book. And I don't actually remember how I ended up not kind of 
agreeing with it. I just, they kept calling me like every day and I was like, you know, this is a little weird. Um, this is definitely, I Googled it. I was like, oh, um, so long story short, I almost got scammed wow. um, multiple times. Wow. wow. And then I, I, I just decided cause like I, I was 12 then and I was like, you know, I'm going to self publish until I turn 16. And then once I turn 16, I'm going to have this huge platform of like somewhat successful books and like interviews and articles and book signings, and I'm going to present this to um, an agent, and then later a publisher, and then I'll get a publishing deal that way. <laughs> um, but yeah, I get 100% like walking through the self-publishing process, which is oddly difficult um, and easy. It's quite annoying, honestly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you you took the very wise approach of things. Again, I, I I wouldn't I wouldn't want to keep referring back to the age, but I mean that. It doesn't matter how old someone is. Sometimes their wisdom doesn't always apply to the age of that person. But in your case, wow, were your parents at any any point like giving you some pointers on how to do the publishing point? Or is that mostly like self-taught Googling and asking and searching for the right answers? Um, I, I taught myself how to do it. Um, not, not anything against my parents. They just had no clue what to do um, in regards to publishing. So I've kind of taught them a lot. Um, I learned everything about um, publishing um, just from Google. And what's actually funny is I chose to self-publish not because I'd actually um, Googled it because I'd done it before. Um, in sixth grade, this was before I started writing my, um, I, actually I did start writing my first novel in sixth grade, but a little, a few months before, I had written this kind of novella short story with my friend. And we wrote two of them on Google Docs and they are horrible. Um, I really but I can't um, and I want I, I wouldn't do research kind of getting a printed copy of it and to do so I found Amazon's KDP and I just thought it was cool and I filled out the form and I thought it was just going to get me a printed copy of a book and um, the next day I saw it on Amazon and heard congratulations you have published a book and that's how I kind of knew about self-publishing wow. um, so now if you look me up there are two books on my page that I've never once spoken about on any interview and on any TikTok and they're not on my website please do not buy them, okay? Like, they're horrible. <laughs> they're very funny, but... Unless you um, want the full picture, then definitely purchase them so you can see all the progress <laughs> that you've made. That's really cool. Wow. Yeah. That's very impressive. I have to admit that I think when you look back at the way that writing and publishing, you know, effectively worked back in the day, it's changed so much. So I think for most... Uh, you know, writers nowadays, they focus so much on the writing that the financial part of it, the distribution, publishing, is not something that they really consider until after the fact. And once it's after the fact, it's kind of too late. But in your case, because you, you're working with, I mean, to be honest, with a lot of time to be able to do every, at your age perfectly, when you get older, I have no I have no doubt that you'll be like, you know, Stephen King, George R. R. Martin, because your stories are very adult-based. They have a world, like you said, where you don't know who's going to go out. So it makes the reader clench to their seat, like, I don't know what can happen. And all these, I don't want them to go out. It's like watching something like Stranger Things or, again, you know, Game of Thrones. It's not focused on one specific character, so you don't know what can happen. And I, that's one of the things I really like about your way of, your style of writing. I don't know if that influenced it at all, but it's really impressive. Thank you. Did you, did, did you, when, when I think of uh, my, my, one of my favorite books is the Dune series, right? From Frank Hubert. Uh, he was an environmentalist famously, and he was a historian. So his books have his own language, his own religion, its own like incredibly deep and rich backstory. The same goes to a little bit of uh, George R. R. Martin, right? He, he kind of took aspects of different, you know, highlights in human history, compiled it all into a story. For you, when you write your science fiction books and when you look at some of the, you know, maybe more 
novella style. Do you ever include things like that into it? I definitely try. A lot of my books are so fast-paced, it's actually a little hard to kind of add that in. I'd say, again, my most developed book is probably Biome Lock because I spent months on it. It was 800 pages. I rewrote it, like, three or four times. Um, so in that way, there's a lot of kind of deep lore to it and just a lot of stuff that I had planned out in the world. Other than that, I'd say I'm, like, my Zyle Delane series is very, very developed in the sense that um, because I, I just end up writing a kind of prequel to the series. The whole It's actually one of the longest novels I've ever written, and it's a prequel to a series of novellas, which is kind of funny. Um, and that series right there just has this world that's fascinating, because I don't want to call it a world, because literally it all takes place in this one town, and you don't even know the name of the town. However, um, there's so much detail to it that I've been able to figure out so I ended up drawing a map of the entire town, like, perfectly. So I know where everything is now, and it's like I know it. Like, I could go there and, like, kind of travel across it. Um, but other than that, I think Never Dying is going to end up having a lot of lore to it because that's, like, the, my, my favorite book out of all the ones I've written. That's the best book I've written. And because of that, I think it has the potential just to have, like, be a, to be, like, a six-book series and to have all these different kind of components to it. So, uh... I, I'm looking at the books that on your on your page, right? And the ones that you've been showing us like on camera. Um and something I noticed is that like your covers are really interesting. How how do you work on your covers? Like how do you like how do you get the pictures? How do you like do you find people and you know like tell them, Oh, this is how you're supposed to dress up and this and that? Like how do you how do you how do you go up with vision? a cover? Yeah, like how do you like because you know obviously like you know, quote unquote, you never judge a book by its cover. But I mean, that's how I judge my books. You know, it's mostly <laughs> the cover, you know, like how is because the cover like to me is like a major, you know, part of the book. Also, how do you go about choosing the right cover for your book? So I hired cover designers to design the book covers. Um, that, that process is it can be easy and hard depending on who the designer is. Um, usually when hiring designers, I have kind of like the, my favorite designers now that I know I keep going back to. So, for example, um, the Never Dying cover was designed by the same person who did The God's Right Hand and The Axel Insurgent. I'm very sorry, I just dropped that book. So, um, and actually for like the models on the covers, um, these three, the ones I just showed, um, those are stock photos. However, um, this one in particular is actually a, not exactly a drawing, it's a 3D model, and they're like kind of painted over. Oh, okay. And then I believe this one is a stock photo too, but I'm not sure if it's a drawing or not. I should probably ask the designer. Um, this, by the way, is like my all-time favorite cover. I love that. So, There's so much going on. It brings the attention of the reader, potential reader, right to the what could happen. Like, And especially with the name, you won't know her. Yeah, that book is like my most popular book. However, um, this is kind of funny, but I um, got this five-star seal from a website. So I can put this little thing on a book, like one of the stickers. And I don't know if I want to do that because, like, I could put it right here um, next to the girl falling. However, I don't know if it would be a distraction. I don't know if it would look good. So I'm, like, starting to have to take a lot into consideration with this book. Right, because that is kind of true. Like, sometimes you, like, see a, a book and it's just, like, half the book is taken up by, like, bestseller, Amazon's this, New York that, and this and that. And you're yeah. like, okay, you know, like, is it, is it, like, is it a book or is it, like, a sticker book? But, no, I, I get it because you don't want to take away from um, – 
you don't want to take away from the cover because, like you I said, aren't. you know, like it's a it's a big part of the book, believe it or not. Well, I mean, you obviously believe it, or not. but like another thing also that I wanted to talk about though, just as as important as the front is, the back. So when you have, write the description, like how do you um, how do you go about that right there? Because I know you want to give some information, but not a lot of information. All the to, synopsis, yeah. yeah, where you don't want to you know give away the book. Like how do you go about writing the the back of the book? So probably one of the biggest tips I received is to write the back of the book while you're still writing the book because then once you're done with it, it is for some reason a lot harder. And I've kind of realized that, that it is very difficult to um, write the back of the book. Um, Final Lock took me a few months to write. I wrote like the first draft of it and I kept rewriting it over and over again, again until I had something that I was proud of. Um, other books, like You Won't Know Her Name, I wrote the back of the book in one night, right? Actually... You Wonder Her Name is actually a very interesting story that if you want, I can cover next why I published it, how I published it. Um, but I actually wrote the original back of the book in one night, and I wasn't a big fan of it. So uh, a few months later, when I was rebranding the book with the new cover and everything, I wrote a new um, like kind of back of the book that's now the one I have, and it's been selling a lot more since. It's actually been selling significantly more since um, the cover change, too. Um However, I do think, like, again, the best blurb I've written is for Never Dying. It's also the longest blurb I've ever written, which isn't too great because book, book blurbs shouldn't be so long. However, I mean, it's a really good blurb, and I feel like it kind of keeps the reader reading. I'm not sure. Um, but, yeah. So on the feedback, like, how do, you, how do you get back feedback on your books? Like, how do you know if it's, like, this book was a great book, this one didn't do so good? I know sales is a, is a big thing, but how do you go about, like, like comments and stuff like that. Like, how do you get feedback? So I try to pay attention to my book reviews. So I do think I pay too much attention, if that makes sense. Um, but I've gotten, I haven't gotten many actual bad reviews. I have um, some books that have lower averages because of actually a target audience popped my head right when they released. So Biomalk was one of them that I did a, um, like, newsletter promotion for in the category. And Biomalk is sci-fi. However, I did realize the majority of the book is spent on land and the sci-fi elements aren't actually there. So I should have done it under something else. Um, and then the annoying kind of review stream. But again, they didn't say anything. But when I do get a bad review that does say anything, which has actually only happened um, once, I believe. I'm not sure. Um, I will actually try to look and see what feedback they had and kind of how I can know if it was actually just a reader's opinion or it was actually something that I should have, shouldn't have done. Um, I think about this is um, for one of the books, I'm not going to spoil it, um, I kill off a very prominent character in the book, and it makes sense with the story. However, this person didn't like that, and then they didn't like the cliffhanger at the end of the book. <laughs> and again, it is a series, so that is what's going to happen. However, yeah. that was um, a very kind of just funny review. Right. And when but you... I, like, I can... Oh, sorry. I'm going to go. Go ahead. Oh, but like, it's like I completely kind of understand like what they meant, but it's also like not something I can change. Um, <laughs> right. So, like, when you do hear like uh, some comments back, like on your next book, do you like do you base it off on okay, the, the readers did like this, the readers like you said, you don't really get that many negative comments, but like, do you try you, to do, base do you off let that influence? Yeah, your like next you, book, like even if it like it's, like so for instance, a series, right? But you have it already like written in your head, but like you're like like oh well, the audience actually loves this character that was not even a character. Like, am I going to incorporate this character and not have more main parts in the book? Like, how do you go about that right there? I do. Um, one of them, I had a review mentioned how they really liked one character, and I haven't actually started writing or plotting that book yet. However, I am going to start do um, a greater focus on that character. 
And however, there's another character, that, um, another reader also wanted, I don't know if I can do that. So it's like I have to try to fit in um, both what the readers want and what I think is going to be best. Um, Never Dying right now, I'm very close to starting to write um, the next book in a series. However, it's not out yet in my ARC readers. They haven't, I haven't sent them the book yet. So I do not know what they're going to like. And I'm just trying to do it based on, kind of. <laughs> so I'm like kind of estimating like which characters they're going to like. However, I'm not sure if I have gotten it all right or not. Well, I think it's impressive how you balance everything. Like you said, you when you were writing the Biome Lock book, right, you still had made time to go to the skate park. You still do other activities that don't, I mean, you're more than just a writer, right? You're still a teenager and you're still probably, you know, an enthusiast of like different things. Well, what are the things that you do in order to kind of like, uh, I guess not to balance out the writing? Like, well, what are your hobbies uh, apart from writing? Well, of course I could say reading, but I think that's a bit of an obvious choice. Um, other than that, I have, um, a good amount of hobbies. I do, I don't skateboard as much as I did it. I, I really want to get back into it. I just, like, with the, the combination of, like, the pandemic and then the park got really overcrowded. And actually, I had a skateboard ramp in my backyard and I sold it before we moved because we couldn't move it. So, um, that's something I kind of want to get back into. I also, um, do free running. Again, it's, it's just because, like, school, I've had to, um, slow down a lot of my hobbies because I've been so exhausted. However, I really um, do like going on walks. I like I, I have friends who I hang out with. Um, and honestly, a lot of the time, it's just been sitting on my phone and hanging out with my cats Like when I'm not um, going out and doing anything. However, it's not, it's not like too much time. Like I'm not on the phone all day. I, mean, I am technically because I do listen <laughs> to music while I write. And that takes up a lot of it. Um, but I have um, three very um, funny cats whom I hang out with a lot. Um, actually, there is probably one in here right now. Um, who is up on that shelf, but you can't see him. Um, I find that all those activities give you a lot of balance, right? Because, I mean, how do, do your friends know that you publish and that you're an author? I'm, I'm guessing it's a big part of who you are, too, but uh, how do they react to it? Do, are they within the same, are, the, are these one of the cases of, like, birds of the feather flock together type of thing? Um, not particularly. They don't really enjoy writing as much as I do. However, I think they are um, good writers. I don't know if they think that or not. Um, they are definitely supportive of my books. I don't know if they know about all of them yet. I have some friends who I've been friends with for a while, and they're like, oh, you wrote, like, two books. I'm like, no, I didn't. <laughs> um, I will say, um, I'm pretty sure everyone in my class at this point knows about You Won't Know Her Name. Um, oh. I don't know if they know about any of the other books, though. Well, do you, uh, what would be your ultimate goal later in the future? Would you like to go back and have one of those books slightly edited and have those be able to be distributed as an audio book? Would you ever plan on having them seen as a TV series or a movie? I know that that's one of those issues because they kind of mess with the initial vision of the author's work, but would you ever consider something like that? Would you ever want to see that happen? 100%. Um, as for audiobooks, I'm definitely working on that because they cost money to like try to, I could narrate my own audiobook. However, you I don't should. know if I'm, you have the I talk very fast. So. You should, though. I think you, that would be incredible for you because you do have a very okay. natural like, speaking voice. It's very good for that. And I actually have a microphone now, so that would work. Um, and, but I think my ultimate dream is definitely, yeah, film adaptations. Um, that would be, honestly, very, very cool. Um, I can think of a lot of my books that would be very good movies and TV shows. However, the budgets would be very large. Um, except for You Won't Know Her Name. This is actually one that I really think could make a very good movie. Um, and I definitely like want that to happen. However, 
I don't, I could make the film myself with my friend. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. That would um, not end well. I don't it'd, think. it'd probably be a good uh, a good start to kind of play with, it, especially with all the special effects available now through like Premiere Pro or something that you could definitely add to something. If you can imagine all yeah. the different things that people can do on TikTok, which is simple filters, I can only imagine if you really put some dedication into it. And then in your case, you probably have friends that are into like theater and acting. So you can always take people's like quality or I guess the things they already like and kind of work together to mend something right out of it. That'd be cool. Yeah. I think that'd be a good way to kind of launch your name even further than it is now, right? Just be yeah. like, wow, look at this like young author that also ended up becoming a director and producer of this like of one of her own books and her friends helped her put it together or something. That's really cool. If you had to pick yeah. one that would have the biggest budget, I, I'm, I'm leaning towards saying Biome Lock would be it, but I mean, what, would it, what would be the book with the biggest budget and who would you want to see casted in certain roles? I definitely think Biome Lock is just because there is a whole futuristic city, there are spaceships, there's a whole lot to it that definitely would have a huge budget. Um, other than that, Zyle Delane very much might take the cake for that just because there's a lot of superpowers and um, other worlds and a whole, like just, there's definitely a lot of special effects for that one. Um, honestly, I was right now looking over at Never Dying and thinking, well, that one, actually, I don't think so. Never Dying, probably not. Um, all the other books, yes. Um, and then as for fan cast, that's a really good question because I got to tell you, I don't know. Um, I've been kind of trying to figure that out for a while. I feel like I did for Never Dying, and then I lost my fan cast. Oh. Because I was like, wait, I don't like these. Um, Biomock, I had a very, very strong fan cast for um, when I was 13. And considering that I was 13, um, it's pretty bad. <laughs> um, the taste, the I, changes I in taste, huh? Yeah, there were um, actually the majority of the Star Wars actors. Like, all of the actors that I cast for Biomock were in Star Wars, one way or another. Wow. Which, I mean, it works, but that's a really high-budget cast. No. that's for sure yeah yeah maybe if they ever if they like the work you know they're willing to do it i know that what uh henry cavill right is really popular for adapting or like liking characters and trying to be involved in those kind of projects so you never know in the future i, I would imagine that as soon as like you you said like once you turn in 17 or 16 and you're able to kind of look for that publishing deal i think it can happen really easily in, in another yeah, I hope. For, for your age again I, I gotta stop saying the age thing but I, for, for you and in, in your place in life do you like to watch anime? Do you is there shows that you watch that you follow like maybe like a Netflix series like Stranger Things? Everybody knows what that is, but do you follow anything? And do you feel like that kind of bleeds into your work a little bit, which is good, I guess, because you're taking things that are already popular and things you can actually make you know different, adapt it. But I mean, well, first of all, do you like any of those things? Do you what do you follow as entertainment? I do. Um, I don't watch TV shows nearly as much as I used to. However, I actually recently watched um, actually like a few weeks ago, I finished it. Um, as for TV shows, my all-time, like, favorite TV show, um, other than I did watch a lot of anime, and I do have a lot of favorite TV shows that are anime, um, my all-time favorite TV show is probably Shadow and Bone, because I also love the books, and, um, that one, I watched it the day it came out, I was already, like, a really big fan of the books, and then, um, that was really cool to see, like, I think that was a very successful adaptation, um, but other than that, I think my all-time favorite TV show is Modern Family, which my books are very dark, so that one doesn't really help me there. Right, yeah. Um, that show is very funny, but, um, the comedy in it is really something that's, like, really strong, so I can kind of try to see, like, okay, what's funny here, and I can try to add something funny in my books every once in a while, because I feel like when the books are all, all really dark with, like, no, nothing funny, it can be a little difficult to get through. However, yeah, I think even, like, really dark and sad books can have funny moments. 
Yeah, I, I like I like when when books and TV series can mix a series of uh, uh, of really, I guess, dark moments and still have those like because even in dark moments you still have somebody who cracks a joke in the background. Like if Uncle just we just find out that Uncle has like cancer and someone in the background goes, well, at least he's not missing a foot, right? It's just there's always somebody that will do that in real life. So it's interesting to see that being played out in entertainment wise. Yeah, I love uh, the Witcher series of books from Andrew Sapolsky. It's just really, really good. The video games kind of make you feel like you're in the world. The movies, uh, I mean, the the TV shows, uh, take or take it or leave it. That being said, would you ever think of a? Sometimes the budget is too high to make it into a movie, especially keeping the the author's original intent intact. Would you ever consider a video game version of what you what you've developed as a world, just to see the world in the three D environment where you can walk around and interact with things? Definitely, like I think that would be honestly like amazing. Again, like Bottomlock might have a really strong kind of RPG plot. Um, Zyle Delane, maybe. It's like whenever I think of um, wanting to adapt one book, I always think of you won't know her name. Um, but there would never be you won't know her name video game because that would be a really bad idea. So. Really dark. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> for, for you, you mentioned anime before, and I, I think everybody here, especially, and I mean, we're much older, I guess, but in our generation, we grew up loving anime, liking different types of anime. What is it, which ones like were highlighted to you? Or which one did you watch or do you like? So my favorite anime from fifth grade to, I don't know, probably still now, um, was Death Note. Um, I do question nice. my choices watching that in fifth grade, but it, I, it wasn't that traumatizing and then um hunter hunter is another one that comes to mind i really love the characters and the adventure of that anime and oh gosh i'm trying to think of what else it's been um quite a long time since i actually sat down and watched the anime like i had an attack on titan phase in sixth grade um, everybody did, even though I, they weren't in sixth grade yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah the, the hunter x hunter is great because you have hisoka right then you have from light and and that fight with well, I mean, the intellectual fight between Light and L trying to, you know, playing cat and mouse, and at the end, the way it turned out, what an incredible thing! I, well, what, what, uh, how did you get into it? Like, did somebody suggest it, or did you kind of Google it on your own, or how did that happen? Hundred percent from Google. I had it was I can think I can think back to fourth grade with my very big um, anime phase because I was very into Beyblade and Pokemon, oh, and cool. I got into Pokemon at like second grade. It was kind of um, funny, um, just because someone played it at a camp we were, I was at, and it was, like, an obsession, and then I was in a Beyblade, of course, for a very long time, um, and, like, from then on, I was, like, oh, this is called anime, I really like this, and, of course, then I found, like, all the Netflix kids' animes, and I just kept Googling, like, good anime to watch for 12-year-olds, even though I was in fifth grade, um, <laughs> Way above and, time. like, that's cool. Yeah, and then like Death Note and Hunter Hunter came up, and I just started watching them, and I was absolutely obsessed. If you like trippy, like uh, great surreal stories uh, in TV form, at least for me and, and some of the friends I have here, Atlanta is a really good one because it wouldn't seem like it would be, but it has very surreal fantasy elements to it, very dark and uh, I guess uh, philosophical questions answered in the show. And then when it comes to anime, like Stein's Gate is a great anime, especially if you like Death Note. I don't know if you've gotten like a wish list of anime to go through because I have one and I just don't have the time to go through it now. But and do you have one of those like wish lists of things you want to sh watch eventually? I do. I have one. I have a really like long one, especially for books. Um, 
However, definitely I had one for anime. I don't know what happened to it. It was um, quite long and it was very funny. Um, but yeah, I should probably um, go back and look at it again. If you like, um, I'm guessing a lot of things inspire sci-fi, right? I'm not sure. If, I mean, I would imagine Star Wars had some inspiration or inspired you in some way. You know, think about like a galaxy. What if there was a planet that looked like this? What if it was Earth connected to this or that? Uh, did you ever hear of the book series, The Darth Bane? heard of it i don't think i've read it but i've definitely heard of it oh man if uh if you ever have a chance that's something i think that would also elevate um some of the different kind of stories you want to tell because it's very dark it's just you know super i mean it's very adult but it's very dark very 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 dark you wouldn't imagine that being part of the star wars universe but uh anyways that's just something there but oh the darth thing was actually i feel like i just i read one like one of them um on my Kindle in like third grade, <laughs> um, yeah, which was definitely that. a bad idea. There was the Darth Bane one. I just remember someone's finger got like bitten off, but yeah, um, that, that might be Darth Bane because it, there is yeah. like, there's there's uh, oh man, I don't. I mean, there's decapitations. There's people dying left and right. There's him killing his yeah. own father. There's a lot of crazy things. So I don't think Disney will ever go that dark. But Darth Bane was very very much one of their best books. So yeah. just like just like anime, right? Like, how many books do you go through like in a year? Like, are you um, obviously you're a big reader, you know? But like, like just like the way because I'm trying to wrap it around my head, like how is it that you can like put out a few books in a few months, but then have time to do other things? Like, how do you um, when, if you're reading a new book, like how long does it take you usually like to like get through a book? And usually around a week or so, um, a week, two weeks. However, it can be quicker. I've done, I finished books in a day. I, I did two books in a day once, like actual full oh, novels. Um, I definitely think, I, I do read a lot. Oh, I'm trying to remember, last year, um, so for 2021, I read about 60 books this year, and I think I read around that amount this year. So like, I try to do like 50, 60 books per year. However, I really want to do more than that. However, but like with writing and all, I don't know if that's actually possible. <laughs> So how is it like, so how do you go about finding a new book? Like, do you go based off the author? Do you go based off like the science fiction or not? Like, how do you, um, the genre like, or the topic? Yeah. Or? Like, how is that? Like, are you like just set on, I, these are the books that I like, or you try to branch out a little bit? Like, you know, like, Oh, I've never heard of this person. I've never seen this topic right here. Like, how does that you try to find new books? I really try to branch out a lot. A lot of, I just go to Barnes and Noble and I'll kind of look around. I'll see like books. Be like, wait, I've seen this before. So a lot of it does revolve around recommendations from other people or, like, authors that I really, really like. However, some of it is just I'll pick up a book and I'll read the back and I'll be like, this sounds really cool. And then I'll go and I'll pick it up and I'll um, buy it. Okay, and I, ha I have to know, do you judge a book by its cover? Oh, my God. I do, 100%. <laughs> okay, just making sure. Because, I mean, like, I'm not I'm not even going to lie. I don't read books at all. Like, I, I literally don't. I think, like, the last book that I've ever read was Captain Underpants, you know. <laughs> so <laughs> that that's just me right there, you know. But I, it's just because, like, I'm not a big reader. I, I remember. You do audiobooks? I do audiobooks. Yeah. I used to do audiobooks. But it's now I'm, I'm more into podcasting, though. But, like, I just can't, like. Because I guess just in my point of view, like, I can't really read the books and try to be on, try to, like, imagine it in my head. I mean, I can, but then, like, I lose focus on what I'm reading, you know? So, to me, like, reading is not my cup of tea, you know? But um, that's fascinating how, like, how people, how people like you can just pick up a book and, like, go through it and somehow retain that information and be like, oh, yeah, out of the thousands of books that I read, I remember this one or I could tell you about this one. Like, it's just, it's, it's fascinating to me. And once again, 
age? You're 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 14. You know, like how does it like? It, it's to me, it's just, it's just fascinating. And I like the fact, like like I said, like 50 to 60 bucks. That's I, I can't even fathom that. No, I, like that's just <laughs> that that's too much for me right there. I can't I can't even maybe one every well, five that's, years. That's like watching 50 or 60 shows a year. You could do that. This is exactly it. You're writing. You're reading a story. You're just like it's another way to, for you to consume the entertainment. I mean, that is true, right there. We look at it that way. It's not that bad. <laughs> but one's reading, one's watching. Very easy. <laughs> I know. I get you. I, well, get I think you, you enjoy it more in your mind because you get to like it works. You can warp you, the world. Yeah, because you play it off in your head. So you're. I, I understand that part. You know. So you, you can, can cast, say you can cast the best actors in your mind without having to pay a single dollar. Compared to like having a budget and then the actor is not always giving you 100% and you're looking, oh, this is not what right, I Right, especially if the author can tell you this color is red, but in your mind you're like, okay, what kind of red is this? Sorry, we had a real side conversation. Yeah, like, <laughs> <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> Shanti, let me ask you another question, if you don't mind, because this is all about you. This is, this is your episode. <laughs> but when you look at the, the body of work that you have so far, and I'm sure there's so many other like stories that you can think of as you're going through the day, you're like, man, you know what? This concept hasn't been touched or that concept hasn't been touched. When you're thinking of writing a book, what is the, what is the hurdle that you have to, or what's the minimum um, interest that it has to spark in your mind before you're like, I'm going to sit down and see if I can draft it. Like what do you, what does it need? What does an idea need to have in order for you to even sit down and start to draft that storyline? So I usually kind of categorize my ideas from a very basic plot to an actual, like, spark of, spark of an idea. Um, honestly, it depends, again. Um, there are definitely some books of mine where I just sat down based on one idea. Usually I like to have the opening line done first. I like to know what it's going to be. And I like to have some idea of the characters first. And once I have all that, I'll sit down and I'll start writing it. And I've had it happen where I've started to plan out this book. I've had the whole kind of location planned out. I've had everything. I've had everything planned out, and then I've ended up actually having another idea that's a little weaker. And I'll be like, "Well, I really like this idea." And I have to. I'll go around and ask my family, like, "Okay, idea A or B?" And that's actually what happened um, with the book I'm writing now, where I had a completely different book in mind to write next. I was really kind of interested in the plot, and I had it actually planned out mostly. Like I had the whole opening line planned out. I had the characters planned out. And then I had this other idea, and I was like, this is so much better. And it wasn't, honestly. And I just ended up writing that. And honestly, I just, basically, if I can write the first chapter in one sitting, then I can write um, the entire book. That's exactly how I base it off of. Unless the first chapter is really long, of course. But basically, if I can write a whole scene, usually a thousand words, and if I'm excited to write it and I can do it in one sitting, then I will write the rest of the book. If not, I won't do it. Have you ever considered doing, man, that's a very good way to approach it, I think, because then you know if the idea has solid footing for the rest, you know, for you to write the rest if you can only do one chapter, right? But have you ever considered, uh, speaking about audiobooks and how, you know, that would be a great milestone, but you ever considered doing a podcast where you can, like, read your book and you can kind of, like, you can nitpick yourself because I'm sure that you'll, you'll have ways of wanting to pronounce something, but if you were to read your own book in a podcast chapter by chapter, episode by episode, and then have breaks in between where you can explain a little bit more of what your thought process and, you know, like an entire audio book, but in broken down into episodic format the way that a podcast is. Would you ever consider doing that with your friends or by yourself? 100%, especially kind of critiquing my books and like delving deep into my writing is definitely something I've really wanted to do. I actually um, did that with you on her name. 
and I have the copy in my backpack and I actually wrote it and I wrote little notes about what I thought the lines meant and like what the poem was implying and how it kind of added to the story. Uh, eventually I started kind of um, joking around and adding very much um, joke parts to it and like highlighting lines and writing like some funny comments to it. But in the beginning I was actually very much analyzing the book and I'd really like to do that again um, more in detail. Yeah, I think that would be a good idea for a podcast for yourself. I, I'm sure that, you know, you've probably considered making a different spin-off podcast and it could be just, you know, Shanti's notes and it's just like all your different books and all the different thoughts you have on it and the ways you want to improve. And just because I'm sure that just talking to you, you seem so energetic, but also uh, like an eclectic genius, you know, like somebody who has ideas running through them all the time. Kind of like you remind me a lot of when I see something like Elon Musk or when I see Stephen King, although Stephen King looks a lot more calm now. But he's still, when you when you hear him speak, you, they have this way of speaking where you can see the ideas are just being held back because he wants to like focus on the conversation he's having, yet there's so many things running through his mind. Uh, do you feel that you have that sometimes happen like as you're thinking of ideas or just having conversations with people? Well, yeah, I think I have like a very active mind. So I always have, I'm always thinking of one of my books. I feel like I always have some idea um, in my head. And I think of new ideas very, very frequently. Um, I had a new one that I thought of in the middle of the night and then forgot it. And like, I just now remembered it. So make sure you draw it down. If, if I'm talking and you're right. trying to like, do what you got to do. But I, I think, I think that's such an incredible way to approach things. When you have like many people struggle to tap into a muse, right? Into the, uh, an inspiration, some rock, you know, bands have been famously saying that they go to a certain place where they get inspired. They take maybe a certain substance to get inspired or however it is, right? And then they chase that because then they are dry. There's no more ideas coming in because maybe they're too comfortable where they're at. In your place, you would imagine at your age, you'd be comfortable. You wouldn't have any of that coming. But for you, it just it keeps coming, which is great. But where do you go once you have an idea? Do you write with music in the background? Do you write under a tree? Do you like take your laptop with you? Like, What's your method of writing in order to kind of get that idea out? Um, I used to only be able to write at the park. This is when I was doing Biomlock. So every single day, um, this is actually when we were on, like, online school. Um, after I was done, I would go and I would walk to the park, and I would just sit down, and I would write. Um, and I wouldn't go home until I finished writing. However, now, um, we actually have moved since to, um, we've, like, moved. So there's actually a park, like, a few houses down. I just don't write there because often, I don't know. I just don't like to. Um, now I have a room and I have a desk in my room and I can actually write um, a lot easier now just because I have so much um, kind of, I don't know. Um, it's easier now to write, I guess. Oh, you just got more um, comfortable in, the, yeah. in that space now. So is it, um, yeah, do you write down on a piece of paper or are you oh, on yeah. a laptop? I didn't even mention that. That's either. something that I've been wanting to, to ask you. Like, how is it that you go on putting your thoughts in, on paper or laptop? Well, how do you put them down, I guess? Yeah. Right. Oh, oh, I cannot handwrite things for the life of me. I have horrible handwriting. So I just um, write on my laptop. So then is it writing or is it typing? The same. The typing, world yeah. may never know. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I guess if you want to be specific. But, okay, so that's really cool. So you'll sit and you'll write. Uh, so you mentioned that when you're in the middle of writing a book, you give yourself time in the morning for 2,000 or more, you know, uh, words in the morning and in the evening. Is that a hard line for you? Or is it, you know, I just, you generally just give yourself uh, a window, an idea of how much you want to write. How do you do it? Usually it's like, I try to write the same amount every day for each book. So the book I'm writing right now is a thousand and it's 
difficult and it's also hard. It depends on how much I have kind of per, like to do today. Like today is going to be a busy day, so I'm really going to have to squeeze in 500 words, another 500 words. And, um, but usually it's like writing in the evening because often I have, everything is done that I have to do for the day by six. So then after that, I'll just sit down and I'll write and I won't stop until like 10 o'clock. Um, but then I usually take breaks actually in between where I'm just sitting there thinking, but do you you get writer's blocks often? Do you, have you experienced that? I have, but I usually find ways to kind of work through it. Um, because usually I know it like goes away and I'll listen to music and I'll try to come up with new things. So it's like, I think writer's block is difficult, but it's also something you can easily work around. Do you find, um, like you mentioned, music is a big thing. It's a big inspiration for people. In fact, musicians listen to other musicians usually in order to get inspired once again, or find some flow for you. If you already have a story, there's no need for that. But do you find like, do you have a music? Like, do you like classical? Do you like hip hop? Do you like lo-fi? Like, what do you tend to gravitate towards when you're writing? Or is it more based on the topic of the book? Definitely more based on the topic of the book. So I'll just hear songs and I'll be like, you know, this actually really reminds me of um, this character, this scene that I have planned. And I'll add it all to a playlist. And I'll just shuffle the songs and then listen to those while I write. Um, sometimes I'll just listen to random cl- collections on YouTube or sometimes I'll just put random songs on and then let... Um, my phone picks next song. That's pretty cool. I think like sometimes you'll probably think of a, the, the, the song, the soundtrack to a character that you'd want to, if you have like, again, like to a previous question, if you had a movie, you'd have like a scene already pictured in your mind with a certain song. Like that's a perfect, you know, sunset or a perfect situation in a room or candles or whatever with that, with that song. It kind of, uh, it puts you in the moment. Do you ever feel like yeah. after, after you're done with the book and maybe you're just, your parents and you, you guys are all driving around going somewhere and a song pops up that you used for inspiration. Does that bring you back to that moment and makes you start thinking about the book again? Or do you feel like it's just, can you enjoy it separately from the experience of writing? It depends on what song it is. Um, some songs, like I just, anytime I hear them, I think of my books. Other times, like I've heard them so many times elsewhere that I really just do think of like the song over the book. So it definitely depends. Well, what, what song seems to be the one that pops up the most as you're maybe writing or thinking about, uh, Oh, you just you just hear the, the the song often. Definitely another love by Tom O'Dell because there was a whole period um, when I would just to kind of get into the mode of writing, I would just put on that song is the first song I would hear, and that lasted for almost a year. And um, now it doesn't really fit with the book I'm writing, but it's actually on the playlist, so it kind of depends on the scene. But that one actually, I've heard it so many times, like elsewhere, that I just kind of think of it. However, there are definitely some other songs. And I'm trying to think of like really good examples that I just honestly just think of the song, like the book every single time. And I have like so many playlists. I'm just trying to find them. Well, I mean, I mean Take Me to Church by um, Hoser is one, or how to pronounce it, um, that I heard a lot during Biome Walking. Like anytime I hear this song, I just think of like the Biome Walk era. And I mean, now I've listened to it while thinking of like, while writing other songs. However, I still kind of think back to Vimalog every time. I have, I have this weird connection, and I'm always embarrassed to admit it, but whenever I, I, I listened to the audiobook of uh, Dune, a couple of the different, the Dune Messiah and all the other books, and I was listening to Doja Cat. So now whenever I, Doja <laughs> Cat plays, I have like, I start thinking of all the things, like Paul Atreides and all the, the houses that have to do with Dune. I'm like, it's such a weird connection, you know? And then she had, she had a music video where she was like a planet, 
on planet her and on the planet uh there's like dunes of sand and now it's like forever associated in my head with it it's so weird <laughs> do, you, do you have anything like that before have you ever had something like that mm, not at the top of my head that i can think of right away so we well, listen to hard rock and everything i mean you listen to like metal and everything too so yeah so that's also another reason why so you don't not, see a bunny and you're like i remember this reminds me of a song a death metal song well i mean i can't <laughs> I can't listen to anything about it has to do with church because then automatically Snoop Dogg, <laughs> Ice oh Cube, take the, the church. Gangster rap. Yeah, like when she when she said the, the whole church thing, that's literally the first thing that came in my head is like that, that song by Ice Cube. You know, I, I, want, I want to poke your mind at it. If you were to imagine, I don't know, futuristic gang members, how would they look like? Hmm. Robots. Robots. <laughs> That's such a good one. Just imagine it's Chappie. Just Chappie, right? A bunch of robots with little tattoos on them, like uh, grilled in. Like Bender, a bunch of Futurama robots. I think it's a... That's pretty cool. I, I like that. I like that idea. <laughs> uh, so let, let me ask you, too. If you, if there, is there a genre that you haven't explored? Obviously, there's got to be a few. That you would love to explore in the future? Definitely contemporary. I feel like I have explored it a little with you on her name, but I also I'd like to write a book that's like an actual contemporary novel um, that is completely fictional. I have a ton of ideas. However, again, a lot of them just date back to science fiction. So, Okay. So did your parents, when they kind of found out of this natural inclination that you had to writing, uh, I'm, I'm imagining they'd be supportive, but were... Were they writers or were they, did they have any background in any of this? I mean, I'm sure they got you the books to begin with, but I mean, how did that happen? Did they, what, what's their background? So they're very um, avid readers, but they don't um, write. I'm sure they would like to. <laughs> um, so yeah, like they didn't really know much about publishing when I first came to them. However, I kind of taught them a lot. So. Wow. Did they, well, they, they were avid readers, but they, there was nobody in your family that really like, uh, wrote on their own, maybe for example, for like a newspaper or anything like that, journalism, they, were they inclined to that or were they kind of like just admirers of it, avid readers? Did they intake it more than they output? Um, my mom actually wrote for her high school um, newspaper. So. Wow, that's really cool. Man, so I wonder yeah. now that if she's kind of seen your work and she's really, I'm, I'm sure she's happy and proud of you too. It, it, what's, what's your goal in the future? What would you like to see your career look like in the next couple of years? Let's say five years. What would you want to accomplish by then? What would you want to strive towards? Definitely just an increase of sales and views and kind of reviews and just like everything, like just amplified. Um, if you were to ask me this question a year ago, I would have said I want to do a book signing. However, I actually want to have already done a virtual book signing and I have my first in-person in book signing um, already scheduled. So wow. now it's just like an amplified version of what I have now. And is there a celebrity you'd like to meet someday? Mm -hmm. Probably. I have a lot of, um, like, kind of ones. It's like, hmm. I, say, I, 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 think, I, I have I a whole list. The crazier the celebrity, the cooler I would imagine meeting them. Like, Johnny Depp is, like, such a crazy pirate. You know, in Pirates of the Caribbean, so I can only imagine when you meet him, he's like real. They always say that they're the opposite, right? Joaquin Phoenix, when he played the Joker, he was, like, crazy and eccentric. But then when you meet him, he's like very like, I mean, from what I've heard, I've never met him, but they say that he's very quiet and reserved. So some people are like that. And Robert Patterson seems to match himself, though. I don't know if you saw the Batman, but he, he tends to be such a like great range of an actor. Then you meet him, and he's kind of like dorky in a really cool way, right? He's just a, a down-to-earth mm -hmm. person. So I always am, am, yeah. I'm always wondering, like, so when you look at it that way, have you ever 
considered, you know, you know, once you get famous enough, you'll probably be shaking hands with a lot of, you know, different people. Have you ever thought of like who you would like to shake hands with and meet? Besides, you know, the authors, I'm sure you'll, you'll be in that circle too. Yeah, there are a lot of authors um, I really want to meet. As for like kind of celebrities, I mean, there are a ton of actors, like especially like the whole Star Wars cast I really, really admire and like the Shadow and Bone cast. Um, musicians too, probably. Um, it's like I've met, like I was um, like the person that I would say like I really want to meet. I already did get to meet. So it's kind of just like there's like a few others now. Wow. But yeah, it's mostly just authors. So which, which, what questions would you ask those authors? Like, would you have the same series of questions or would you have one that's like, you know, specifically towards like, you know, again, the people that, I know my questions would really vary depending on who I met, but what would you, what would you say would be your questions for them? It's like in the past I've asked like, you know, do you get like bad book reviews and like, how do they get easier to handle and how do you handle them? Um, now, honestly, I'm not quite sure what I ask. It honestly like, depends on the authors. And if I, like, I'm a really big fan of their book, I'll probably just ask something, like, related to the book. Gotcha. So, now, I know you're writing right now, currently, uh, you have The Insurgency, right? Another one, uh, in part of the same series of Biomlock, right? Is it in the same universe right now? Uh, The XL Insurgent isn't. It was actually originally going to be. I had this whole plot twist planned. Um, now it's not. Um, currently, the book I'm writing is very closely linked to the Zyla Delane universe. However, I do like to kind of have them all in different universes. However, I think they could actually connect. I try to connect the timeline. However, it's a very busy timeline. So, Would you ever uh, consider doing something like the multiverse that they have for like DC and Marvel and other stories to kind of have everything in your the Shanti's universe? Have you ever thought of that? I have the book I'm writing right now actually involves a multiverse, so that one's like very much. I really want to try to use that one to link it to a bunch of my other books. Um, I don't know how to do that. I had an original timeline I planned out that worked, however, um, unfortunately, it doesn't work anymore. Okay, cool. Well, I, I, you know what? There's so much I want to ask, but I want to be very cautious again of the time. I know that I want to be respectful of it. Uh, I hope that the listeners here are able to take real good advantage of it, and I'm, I'm sure they'll have questions for you. But bef- before we leave, I want to ask one last question. If you can go back in time and talk to a younger version of you, what would be the one piece of advice that you'd give her? So it depends on the age. I think especially um, you know, writing-related in fourth grade, um, I, would, I, really, I actually have thought about this a lot. I really want to just, Honestly, time travel back to my fourth grade self and spoil a bunch of things that have happened and tell, and tell her about um, all my books and um, spoil the sequels to her favorite movies just because I know she wouldn't believe it. Um, and I, I've like thought about this so much because I think it would be really funny, um, but also because fourth grade is kind of a hard time. So I kind of want to be like, hey, guess what? So, you know, I know how your classmate called you a really bad writer and how your teacher doesn't take you to share your writing, but, um, yeah, you've written a lot of books, so, like, don't listen to them. Um, oh, yeah, and then this also happened. Remember that movie you just saw? Yeah, so then there's a sequel, and this happened. Like, I would love to do that. <laughs> that's also, it sounds like a, a concept for a good story, too, someday. <laughs> that's yeah. a good one. I had an idea that was, like, kind of related to that. Um, that I'm really tempted to write next. However, I want to do a sequel and Never Dying, so I kind of have to, like, balance it all. 
Well, on behalf of our audience and uh, this podcast here, I want us to hopefully invite you over again in the future when you release a few more books. And we're, you know, we're fans. So hopefully, you know, again, your your future is as bright as we all know. Real quick, be. real quick. Go ahead. Plug yourself. Where do people find you? Where do they find your books? So you can find me anywhere you buy books um, online. You can also find me at my website, which is shantihershenson.com. Um, S-H-A-N-D-I-H-E-R-S-H-E-N-S-O-N.com. You can also follow me on TikTok, which is at Shanti Who Writes. And um, yeah, just basically anywhere on social media. Awesome. All right, Sean, thank you for being on the podcast. Guys, thank you for listening to this episode. And we will catch you on the next one. Thank you so much for having me.